Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Wild Mystery Podcast Appears, where we discuss mysteries, histories, and occasionally conspiracies. I'm your host, Ollie. And I'm your co-host, Belle. Today, we are releasing a bonus video discussing the case of breatharianism, the idea that you can live without any food at all. Or water. Water, you live solely off of air. I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Today's content warnings are as follows. Okay, psych. We are actually talking about fairy circles today, and this is actually my episode, not Ollie's. But we do hope you enjoyed our brief little April Fool's prank. April Fool's. I hope you were not fooled by our idea that breatharianism is a mystery. Or a topic that we particularly want to talk about. It is a thing. (laughs) It is a thing. Well, okay, yeah. (laughs) It's a thing, but I... But it is false. (laughs) We just really don't want to lend any credence to it, but it was more just like the most outrageous thing that we could think oh, yeah. of at the moment. So now I'll go ahead and get into our real topic for today, which is fairy circles, which ironically enough is no less ridiculous, <laughs> but just as maybe not quite as entertaining as the theology between however the fuck you say. Breatharianism? Question mark. I haven't done that much research into it. I just know that it has killed people. But anyway... <laughs> Moving on. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the sole views and opinions of Belle and Ollie with a Wild Mystery Podcast appears. These views are not intended to harm, offend, defame, slander, or negatively represent any individuals involved in the case. Today we are discussing fairy rings, or also more commonly known as fairy circles. Trigger warnings include fairies... Folklore and fungi. And horrible mispronunciations. So kind of this season leaning more into the conspiracy, paranormal, and folklore just because it's a topic that I find really interesting. Um, So we're just going to jump right into it. So fairy rings, also known as fairy circles, elf rings, or circles, um, or pixie rings. This is a natural occurring phenomenon that has created a lot of perplexing conversations over the centuries. Um, Long held as the entrance to the fey realm or as as a gateway for fairies, elves, or pixies um, in order for them to come into the mortal world. In appearance, a fairy ring is either a seemingly perfect circle or arc of overly healthy grass, dead grass, or mushrooms. Seemingly random, but almost always very consistently shaped, these fairy circles are really perplexing and really something to see. I uh, did not download any pictures, but I'm assuming you're, you know exactly what I'm referring oh, yeah. to. Now, I'm from the way I have it formatted, I'm going to do folklore and then the science. So I did it backwards, but it's fine. So we are going to go into the... Um, folklore and long-held beliefs um, and kind of break it down from there. So um, first, linguistically, um, in Europe, fairy circles, um, or in European language, fairy circles tend to have more of a supernatural leaning. Um, I apologize in advance for the various mispronunciations that are about to occur. 
Um, in French, they're called Rons des um, Sorcières, um, also or which translates to witches' circles. Um, and French t- tradition uh, reports that fairy rings were guarded by giant bug-eyed toads that cursed anyone who violated the circles. In German, they're called Hexenringe, um, also known as witches' rings. Um, you're seeing a theme. In Europe, um, fairies and witches were tended tended to be um, related, um, okay. since they both were magic and um, danced in circles. It's pretty much the only thing. Um, and then um, continuing on in German, um, the tradition there was that fairy rings were thought to mark the site of witches dancing on um, Walpurgis night, um, which I read what that was and then immediately forgot. I have definitely heard that word and immediately forgot. Oh, it goes from the evening of April 30th to the evening of May 1st. Um, so, uh, in addition, Dutch superstition claimed that the circles show where the devil set his milk churn. Okay. Uh-huh. I don't know um, what that means. <laughs> Tyrol, um, folklore attributed fairy rings to the fairy tales of flying dragons. Once a dragon had created such a circle, nothing but toadstools could grow there for seven years. Um, European superstitions routinely warned against entering a fairy ring, and in general, Europe... It was er, in Europe in general. It was considered that entering a fairy ring was result in the loss of an eye, and even in the Philippines, fairy rings are associated with diminutive spirits. Um, Focusing more on Western European folklore, English, Scandinavian, and Celtic, um, people claimed that fairy rings were the result of elves or fairies dancing. Um, Such ideas have been dated back to at least the medieval period. And the Middle English term is Elfring, oh my god, Elfringwort, um, meaning elf ring, um, which loosely is meaning a ring of daisies caused by elves dancing. It actually dates back to the 12th century. Um, in the folklores of Britain and Ireland, they both contain their own wealth of fairy lore, um, up to and including the idea from which fairy rings take their name, um, the phenomenon results from fairies dancing. Um, in the ni- in 19th century Wales, where the rings are known as Clashy Twelfth Teg, I apologize. I, I couldn't have done any better. Sincerely. <laughs> Uh, fairies were almost um, invariably described as dancing in a group when they were encountered. Um, in Scotland and Wales in the late 20th century, stories about fairy rings were still common, and some Welshmen even claimed to have joined a fairy dance, which I found really interesting because all the information that I had is like, once you're in a fairy dance, like, you dance till you die kind of a thing, so I don't know how they would have been like, oh, we're going to escape it. Um... And Victorian folklorists um, regarded fairies and witches, this is what I was talking about earlier, as being related, based partly because they both were believed to dance in circles, which I think is a very, it's a stretch. <laughs> it's like, oh, both both groups do this one very particular thing. Ah, nah, mate, they're related. Um, and so many folk beliefs generally paint fairy rings as very dangerous places to be. Um, You should avoid them at all costs. Superstition um, 
you know, says that fairy circles are sacred and that you really should not violate them in any way, um, whether or not you're just a person chopping through or a farmer if they're in the field, um, what, lest you anger the fairies and then be cursed. Yeah. Um, and there's an Irish legend that tells of a farmer who built his barn on a fairy ring despite the mm-hmm. protests of his neighbors. Um, he is then struck senseless one night, and a local fairy doctor breaks the curse. The fairy, or excuse me, the farmer says that he dreamed that he must destroy the barn, even collecting dew from the grass of flowers or flowers of a fairy ring can bring bad luck. Anything to do with a fairy ring, you just really want to avoid it, is basically the general consensus. And that even if you go so far as to destroy it, it's unlucky and fruitless as superstition believes that it would simply just grow back. And then I found a Scottish rhyme that sums up the danger of such places. And I don't know if you want to scroll down to where it is, but oh boy, does it look Scottish. Oh boy. Um... (laughs) I'm not, I don't even know if I should have tried it. Um, he tills the fairies green, nigh, late, um, nigh luck again shall he um, have. Okay, I'm just going to say what I'm pretty sure it actually says okay. in, in like just English. Um, not that I'm Scottish isn't English, English, but like I'm going to say it like how it's I would interpret it as being read. Um, for us, for us yes. Americans. Um, he who tills the fairies green, never luck again shall have. And he who spills the fairies ring, betide him once and way. I'm only translating what I can, I apologize. For weirdless days and weary nights are his till his dying day, but he who goes by the fairy ring nor not duel nor pine shall see and he who cleans the fairy ring an easy death shall see that was painful i will post this rhyme but that hurt my brain i can definitely like in my brain hear it in the scottish accent but i'm not going to attempt to that Look, I can do accents all day, but, like, not on command for some reason. Like, if I, I just, I don't want to get ripped apart. <laughs> um, basically, if you dare to enter a fairy ring, many myths say that you will die young. Um, other ones say that you will become invisible to the mortal world and basically live in the parallel of the mortal realm, which is fate realm, um, unable to escape the ring, or you are immediately transported to the, like, full fairy realm. Um, you also might lose an eye for your foolishness. Um, at the end of the day, you'll be forced to dance around the ring until you die of exhaustion or madness. So, if you believe the tales of the fairy rings and fairy circles... Um, there is a way that you can avoid your fate. Um, you're going to love these. Um, to avoid this fate, um, you can run around the ring nine times, specifically nine times. 
10 is two more and it will actually make your luck worse. And if you wish to enter the ring without penalty, you can run around the ring during a full moon, but only in the direction that the sun travels during the day. And if you do this, apparently you can hear the fairies dancing underground, supposedly. Um, you might also wear a hat backwards because this apparently confuses fairies and they will not do you any harm. And... The sorcery. Of course, you are never, ever, 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 under any circumstances, supposed to give a fae your name as that gives them ownership of you. And that is some very base fae... That, like, I know. ...information. Yeah. Because there's a difference between... Fairies with an I and fairies with an E. Um, fairies, it's like, fairies with an I, it's like, oh, you know, kind of like those more free-spirited, like, you know, tra la lying through life. But fae with an E are supposed to be more conniving, more trickster, more like, those are the ones, like, you aren't supposed to give your name to. Um, but... So, before we go into the science behind it, what do you think of fey rings? I think they're cool. <laughs> I like mushrooms, so. Like, you a fungi person? Yeah. <laughs> so, they're cool. Yeah. But And, and I'm not going to pretend like I haven't also listened to another podcast episode that did totally talk about the science yeah, behind no, all of this Yeah, for sure. Stuff. For sure. And I feel like it's become, like, other than getting into, like, literally all of the lore that exists regarding fairies, because mm -hmm. that's a very, that's... It's massive. Yeah, that would, like, I would need... The best place to go for that is, like, if I could afford to go to, like, just Ireland yeah. and Scotland and be, like... Just tell me. Go to a library and just, like, go... And also, like, if I could learn Gaelic, that'd be really cool, but also, like... I realistic expectations for myself. Um, I, I tried to learn Gaelic once and I was having a hard time with the pronunciation. That's like, pardon? Um, now, now mind you, even though we have a logical explanation based in science for what these are, there are actually many people who still believe in the superstitious leanings of, of fairy circles. And actually, several people um still believe in practice like fairy warding and like all that stuff and it's mm -hmm. like you know if you find like a gift at your front door it's like this is how you protect your home without disrespecting the fairies because one of the greatest sins that you can do is like insult a fairy because mm -hmm. it's like well if they're like all powerful like i ain't insulting them yeah like, but it's like, you know, you still want to be like, hey, like, while I, it's like, thank you for your protection. At this time, we are, you know. At this time, we are not accepting gifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like, there's like literally instructions. But, you know, there's like, there's a whole like group on, there's like literally. I, really, I find the, I mean, I find all folklore really interesting, especially where there are overlaps. Like, there's a boogeyman mm -hmm. in, like, every, every culture. Every culture. There's a boogeyman. There's every culture. There is somebody who steals kids. Yep. Every culture, there is somebody who is, like, 
well, if you're not good, you know, X mm-hmm. person isn't going to give you gifts. <laughs> like, Which I think is just, like, half of that is just, like, parents who are exhausted. Yeah, most of it is. But then there are also... But, like, then you go to, like, like specifically mythological beings and creatures. It's like you have dragons, drakens, gnomes, elves. um, Those are all skinwalkers. Like, you have, like, a wendigo. They, um, lots of anthropologists i guess would be the people studying them Mm. that believe social scientists whatever that believe in in climates where in locations where cannibalism would ever be like something that you had to resort to because you know you there is the possibility of getting snowed in and trapped with however many people or Mm -hmm. there is the possibility of going sailing off and you know the kraken yeah (laughs) that there's this idea that like you have to it is such a horrible thing that you have to like you have to make sense of it in some sort of folklore way like you are possessed by a demon and that's why you've done this thing yeah and that those kinds of things are just really interesting where where the folklore changes based on location like based on society mm-hmm. and those are like folklore is just very interesting yeah and i think just as white people as americans we've been exposed to a lot of scottish and irish and english folklore welsh you know yeah and and so we are inherently interested in it. Oh, absolutely. And I think, like, the way that I consider it a lot is, like, and you look at specifically, let's call, like, skinwalkers and wendigos. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe those are, like, just the two main ones that I'm thinking of that traditionally belong to Native American mm-hmm. beliefs. Or... Um, and it's, like, we kind of go back to, like, Egypt, um, I was trying to say Egypt and Egyptians at the same time, (laughs) but, like, as two separate words, but if you go back to Egypt and you look at, or, like, Greek mythology and, Mm -hmm. um, Roman mythology and Egyptian mythology, like, they weren't dumb. Mm -hmm. So, what the fuck were they seeing? And granted, you look at that in terms of a science example, and it's like, I saw this one thing, and I was like, I think it's about the Aztecs. And it's like, they are putting that into, as like, what they know, mm-hmm. they're interpreting it the best way they can with the information that they have. Yeah. But that still doesn't make them dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like trying to say, oh, you know, because you don't understand rocket science, you're dumb. Okay, yeah. well, that's great, but I know about all of this stuff that you don't, so are you yeah. dumb? Well, there's like... The the one example that I always think of is Apollo rides his chariot from from east to west. Is that right? <laughs> For Apollo and Helion, I don't believe that there was ever any specific, like, yes, they, you know, from east to west. And maybe I need a refresher on mythology, but um, I don't recall seeing anything that specifically said that he only took it from, you know, across the sky mm-hmm. east to west. 
but I think it was more just like he just hauled the sun chariot. But I yeah, think I, I still I think either. I still think you're right but, though. But it's like it mimics but he, like the like science. They noticed that the sun moved. Yes. And it moved like consistently yes. every day. Yes. So he rides it across the sky every day. Yeah, exactly. Or in Egyptian, I think it's a dung beetle rolling the sun across the sky. That's excellent. I love that. I just... I forget. That they, that they saw, like, you know, a dung beetle, which most Egyptians maybe would have seen. So it is something familiar. Kept free. And... Kept free. And now for a quad break. So moving away from mythological folklore, all that kind of stuff, there's actually a really simple scientific explanation for fairy circles um mycelium huh which is very interesting. which is still very interesting yeah. of itself um is mushrooms so cool. hmm? mushrooms are cool <laughs> mushrooms are very cool um my rocket um so mycelium which is the root-like structure <laughs> sorry um one of the cats just jumped the, the way s- that bell just talked spooked the cat that was no. on the table <laughs> No, Kepler popped up and was sniffing her ass. <laughs> and it spooked her. She was like, whoa! Um, so, so mycelium, which is the root-like structure of a fungus, um, it consists of a mass of branching thread-like hyphae, um, which grows out from a single point in the ground, typically in a circle, arc, or ring. Um, so while grow- while growing, it absorbs the nutrients in the ground by producing and putting out enzymes from the stretching points of the hyphae. Basically, like, if you compare it to either, like, branches on a tree or, like, the roots in the- or the roots of a tree in the ground. Or you consider, like, your fingertips um, are, like, basically, like, the hyphae of, oh, okay. of it. Because it's, like, the thinnest point that's, like, stretching out as far okay. as possible. And so, enzymes are rocket. Hey. Do I need to get a spray bottle? (laughs) (laughs) Ma'am. See how she hit that with her tail? (laughs) (laughs) On purpose. Um, So basically, if we're considering it like branches of a tree or the roots of a tree, you have, as the farther out it extends from the tree, the thinner the branch or the root gets at the tip. Mm-hmm. At that tip, that is where the enzymes are put out. I'm see how I'm very carefully ex- yes. not using specific words that yes. I don't like. And so it puts out that enzyme, which then starts breaking down the molecules in the soil, which is then absorbed through the hyphae walls, and then the mycelium uses those nutrients to continue to grow out from the center. When there are no more nutrients, the center dies, which then leaves a living ring for which the which the mushrooms of the fairy ring then grow up through the ground. Yeah. So, really and cool. Mushrooms grow super fast. They so do, which is why is, they tend to appear yeah, overnight. Like overnight. <laughs> which is crazy, but really cool. Um, and then, so the reason for the extra green grass is because there are more nutrients available in the soil, which acts then as a fertilizer, so the grass becomes extra green. Which then subsequently, when the nutrients are all used up, and you get, so then you get the converse effect, which is a ring of dead grass. 
Now, there are two theories regarding the process involved in creating fairy rings. One states that the fairy ring is begun by um, a a spore from the sporocarpus, um, and that's basically just like, I'm not even going to go into it, it's it's a spore. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, The underground presence of the fungus can also cause withering or varying color of the grass above, which is kind of what we're talking about, the like extra green to like decaying, it just kind of depends. The second theory um, is that um, was presented um, by an investigation from from scientists in Japan on the the Tricholoma matsuke species shows that fairy rings could be established by connecting neighboring um, of these mushrooms. And then if they make an arc or a ring, they continuously grow about the center of the object. Now... Within fairy rings, there's typically two recognized types of fungi. You have wood fairy rings, and then you have meadow fairy rings. Wood fairy rings are tethered because they are formed by, by mycrosial, um, which is a symbiotic association between a fungus and a plant. Think venom and eddy. Um, and <laughs> so the fungi is living in symbiosis with the trees. Okay. So they are feeding off each other living together to support the other and then in meadow fairy rings they are referred to as free because they're not connected with other organisms um these mushrooms are um saprotrophic um they they live and feed on dead organic matter um but what's really truly amazing about these is that they can spread either from very very small being only a few inches um, or feet to 164 feet or more, or if you, you know, metric 50 meters or more. Um, the largest one, the largest documented one is in Belfort, France, and it's widely regarded as the largest ring ever. It is approximately 2,000 feet in diameter, which is 600 meters, and is 700 years old. So is it then... Are they the same mushrooms, or are they kind of, like... I think it's, like, the farther out it goes, it, like, continues to grow mushrooms. Okay. But it's, like... So it kind of, like, continues to grow, then. Yeah, so it's, like... cool. What's crazy to me is it's, like, it's still... Because the way that I kind of read it was, like, oh, well, when the center dies, then it produces some mushrooms. But if it's still alive, how does it... And the way I kind of see it is, like, I'm wondering if the spore from the center like did die off and then so it's basically like those spores are out transferring out and so it's just kind of expanding it yeah but since the mycelium is still all connected that it's still technically the same ring it's almost like a ship of theseus yeah (laughs) where it's like is it still the same ship (laughs) but those are the basic components of fairy ring circles some of the bonus um you know, the scientific explanation as well as the folklore um, regarding fairy rings and the common held beliefs with them. Um, if there's anything that you would like to add to fairy rings or anything you think that I missed, please let us know on our social media. Um, we currently are using TikTok, Instagram, and we also do have a YouTube channel. The TikTok is AWMPA underscore podcast. And then everything else is pretty much either AWMPA or A Wild Mystery Podcast appears. And 
for that, that is going to be all for today. This has been a review of Fairy Circles. Thank you for listening to today's episode of A Wild Mystery Podcast Appears, recorded and produced by Belle and Ollie. Please check out all of our social media where we have additional information shared. You can find all of those links on our website at awmpa.com. We'd love to hear your feedback for our podcast, so be sure to rate and review. Tune in next week for another episode of A Wild Mystery Podcast Appears.